Forever Blue Shirts Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Forever Blue Shirts Podcast. That voice you heard was me, <laughs> introing the podcast. Hello everyone, I am 4B contributor J.L. Shapiro, along with uh, Kevin Krupe, also a contributor at Forever Blue Shirts. And today we're going to have a pretty interesting podcast with you here today. We have Stat Boy Steven, a contributor for our, our uh, website as well. He will be talking with Russell and Kevin later on in the podcast. So get ready and hold your horses for that. But let's let's jump right into a couple of things that uh, just happened recently. Kevin, you might want to you know fill us in on uh, one of the big news that just recently came out. Well, if you have been paying attention, as in if you were listening today, last night, as in right now, uh, Brendan Lemieux got signed by the New York Rangers. I believe it's a $925,000 contract, a little bit more than his contract that he got before and a little more than the qualifying offer that the Rangers gave him before July 15th, and that's great. Man, that's fantastic. I love Brendan Lemieux. I thought when they added him at the deadline and got rid of uh, you know, got rid of Hayes and they got that first-round pick and they got him with it, I thought he was a diamond in the rough. I thought having him on the team was would be a huge boost to the, the younger core and protect them. And he has a scoring touch. It's great. I mean, I've been advocating for it. It's, it's, it's just I always preferred that we get Brendan Lemieux signed before we got Tony D'Angelo only because we have the defensive depth to cover if D'Angelo is gone. We really don't have that enforcer slash bruiser slash, you know, scoring touch kind of guy, you know, a Gordie Howe hat trick kind of guy. That's what he is. He's he's a Gordie Howe hat trick. He will get a goal in, he'd make a nice pass, and he also beat the crap out of you. So, Brendan Lemieux getting signed is fantastic. You know, it kind of overshadows the Traverse City tournament a little bit, but, you know, having him at training camp from the start, starting tomorrow, is huge. I mean, I think that might have been the goal, just like, let's see how long we can wait out up until training camp, but Lemieux wants to be here. He's excited about Artemi Panarin. If you've ever seen, like, his comments on his posts, you know, he he's excited to be here, and, you know, he's going to have a prove-it year. I mean, only a few months with the Rangers is not enough. So he's going he's gonna to prove it. He's going to get a good contract next year. Well, another thing, too, to contribute to that is is that, you know, the Rangers were missing a guy who could get dirty into the corners. And mm-hmm. when the Rangers got Lemieux at the deadline last season, you can see that not only did they need a guy like a Lemieux to go into the corners, get a little tough, but he also added her energy spark to the team as well. You take note of the first game he played with the Rangers, which I think I was at, it was against Montreal, and he got into it with Max Domi, and it got to the point where he said some things that got him ejected. But, lo and behold, the team played exceptionally better than they did when, uh, before the deadline. Not to say that, you know, having Kevin Hayes made them any worse, but you can see that they played with a little more sense of purpose, at least just trying to go out there and play for the guy next to them. And I think Brendan Lemieux actually contributed to a lot in that attitude. And David Quinn, you know, consistently praised... Lemieux and what he brought to the clubhouse and I think more Lemieux than D'Angelo the Rangers were really trying to find a way to keep him on the team and I think that's what this one season contract is I think this one season contract is honestly just a bridge deal for something else well it's gotta be because there's no way you're gonna sign for anymore no the negotiations might have come down to so look we want to keep you it's just we don't want to backload the contract. We don't know what we're going to do with Kreider. We don't know if we're going to sign him. We don't know what kind of impact he's going to have with Panarin and with all these other guys. And, you know, is he really going to be that second-line winger? Absolutely. Or is he going to get traded away? Now, Brendan Lemieux, 
isn't going to fill that role. It's not like we're saying he is. It's just Brent Lemieux gives the guys safety. He's always there to, like, let's say, the opposite team's fourth liners, they're bruisers on defense. They start going at Panarin and Kako and Vitaly and Anderson. It's like Lemieux is going to be the guy to shut him down. You know, we have a guy who could play hockey and fight and not just fight and do nothing like Brent Smith. So. <laughs> yeah, Russell's going to be happy to hear that. And uh, well, I gotta redeem, we gotta redeem ourselves. Just yeah. just get rid of Smith. Let's just <laughs> send him on a boat. I don't know where. Just a boat. No. There's a dock, and you know we could send him in Red Hook or something. It's just send him to send him <laughs> to the worst team in the league and just have him play there. You know, but yeah, no. But what does this What does this mean for these younger guys? You know, you see the younger guys at the Traverse City tournament. You see Kako and Vitaly and Fox. Um, what does this mean for them now that you know Brendan Lee was resigned and that Tony D'Angelo isn't? Well, I think it just shows that if you want to be here, you're going to play here. If you want to play here, you're going to be here. You know, that that's what it shows to me. And a guy like Brendan Lemieux is a good influence for a lot of the younger guys around the team. Not to say that Tony mm-hmm. D'Angelo isn't, because I'm sure D'Angelo can contribute in his own ways. It's also, we also got to take into account, there's a huge RFA, like, stoppage. Yeah. He's just doing it because no one else really did it. Now that some of these guys are starting to get signed, he, we might see it sooner than later. Yeah. And if someone didn't sign recently, mm-hmm. but you know, who who I don't know. It's just it's good to have these guys at camp. Yeah, it absolutely. Shows that, like you know that they really <laughs> want to be here, and it's, and it's just Tony D'Angelo. He had one good season. Well, I being a big fan of Mr. D'Angelo himself, I, I think he can contribute to yeah, this but I mean, team. Like, but... One season doesn't merit anything more than a two-year contract. No, absolutely not. But, like, but I think what he should do is... Just, is... He, he still needs to prove it year. I mean, last year is a wash for anybody. How bad Henrik Lundqvist played? Wash. How good Brendan Lemieux played? Wash. How bad... I mean, now that he's not on the team anymore, but how bad Kevin Shattenkirk played? Wash. We might see him go play for Tampa Bay and be amazing by himself. But, you know, who knows? Well, I think, I think what D'Angelo needs to consider, and I'm not trying to... You know, and this will be the last point we'll make before we go on to Traverse City. But, uh, you know, it's good that the Rangers signed Lemieux, and it's good that they picked them up for this bridge deal. And I think that once January comes, they'll probably end up working out an extension. Or what could end up happening is is they will end up making some sort of deal because the way they spoke about him, you know, especially David Quinn, they were just, you know, raving about him. So I don't think that yeah. just because he signs a one-year deal means that he's not going to be here for the foreseeable future. When it comes to D'Angelo, I think D'Angelo's camp feels that he's finally reached the level that he could be at, and we all kind of knew he could do something like that, and he really did prove it last season. But I think what the Rangers want to see is, is, look, take what we're going to give you, prove it, and then we'll see what happens. And hopefully the Rangers do end up giving um, well, yeah, they, no, they end up giving D'Angelo the money that he, he Not deserves. Be, it should be great to keep him on. Like, to have that kind of breakout year the way he did, especially on a team as bad as the Rangers were last year. It's just, it's 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 good. Now, imagine he has better people around him, like Truba and Fox. But, uh, moving on. JL, you covered the Traverse City Tournament for, for Blue Shirts. Miley, I think, three out of the four games. Correct. So, tell us, you know, besides Capo, besides Vitaly, and even besides Fox, how, how did you think the Rangers prospects really fared? I know... The first game was a little iffy, but going from there, like, do you really think they kind of brought it together, or, you know, who really stood out in your mind? 
Well, outside of the usual Kratsov, Kako, uh, I think Carl Hendrickson stood out. He Definitely. was uh, yeah. he was on he was the first line center with uh, Kratsov and um, Kako. I thought he was good down the middle. He was very shifty. He knew where to position himself. Actually contributed mm-hmm. to a lot of the offense along with the two guys. And I mentioned this a couple of times in other instances, but those three guys together, they were making the other players look like boys. You know, they, they you know these were kids playing like men. You know, and Henriksen was a big proponent of that, where he was moving the puck around well, positioning himself well enough, being in the right spot defensively. A little shifty guy with speed. I think that's perfect for a line like that that could contribute to the offense. Another player that I noticed that was uh, pretty good too was Adam Fox. And, you know, Adam Fox was his skating ability is head and shoulders above almost everyone else that wasn't Kratzoff and, you know, Kako. You know, yeah. he, it seems like he was driving a lot of the offense with those two guys. And mm-hmm. just the way he was able to move around past the puck, you can tell this guy is going to be on the NHL team sooner rather than later. He was definitely worth those two second-round picks. Absolutely, without a doubt. Another player that I noticed, too, was uh, surprisingly Jake Elmer. And this is a little bit a little bit out. I, but I don't think you've talked about this yet. That kind of surprised me. Yeah, no, I, I, I noticed he seemed to, you know, the, the, the scouting reports were high on him, especially when they traded for, or they signed him, rather, um, mm-hmm. in the spring. And you can see where the talent is. He actually played junior hockey on Lethbridge with uh, Dylan Cousins, who's on Buffalo. So when they signed him originally, you know, we didn't think the Rangers were going to get the number two pick, so you figure the Rangers were going to try and trade up to trade for Cousins. But you can see why the Rangers picked him up, because he was good in his own end. He actually generated a lot more offense than people think. But Elmer seems like a really good guy with his build to be a good two-way forward. Another person that really stood out to me the most, outside of Yegor Hurikov, um, which Steve okay. had us correct. Uh, you'll, see, you'll, you'll see that in the oh, interview. Oh yeah, by the way, we're, yeah, so we already recorded the podcast, so as you're going to hear, it's, we're gonna, you know, there's a nice little... Uh, European lesson in there, if you if you're if you're willing to listen to that, where we all butchered it except for JL after after the fact that he was listening in. Yeah, and, you I, know I had, he had all the time to practice, but you know he got it on the first try. I had some practice, which was nice. Unit in. Yeah, and that, that, I was just uh, going to mention him too. Uh, you look at you know guys like Igor Grikov and Tarmo Rayonanon, as Steve affectionately put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rayonanon was arguably the best defenseman there, not named Fox. Yeah. Um, he, he moved the puck well. He passed it well. He was just having a quiet but a solid tournament. You know, you can see why the Rangers picked him up. You know, he's just good in his own end. He skates very well. He's he knows where to put himself. One of the guys that I was in, that I was impressed with initially, but I think he ended up uh, not really playing to the ability that I thought he could was Matt Robertson. And Matt Robertson has a load of talent. You can see it. He scored a really nice goal. I think it was in the second game, if I'm correct, um, where he he came in unassisted from the blue line, just skated down the left side towards the net and just made a nice goal through, you know, with little or no room with the goalie right in front of him. But the one thing I noticed about Robertson was he was making a lot of bad passes. And it seemed like he was rushing the play up a little too much. And Robertson seems like a guy who reminds me of Brady Shea a little bit. 
mm-hmm. where he can move the puck well. He just needs to be a little more confident in himself. But I definitely, you can see why, you could definitely see why the Rangers wanted to pick him up and why they picked him up and, you know, this, the raw skill that he possesses. And just one more player that I want to touch on before we go to the interview um, is uh, Igor Shostyorkin. He had a, kind of an off game, the first mm-hmm. game against Columbus. You can tell he was, you know, and, and Steve, you can you can tell, what, uh, you know, how different. Well, he, Steve, Steve does mention and go into this yeah, a little Steve, bit more in depth. Steve, and he says the, the, the biggest gap for European prospects is the goalies because the when the ice shrinks, it's not about, okay, you lose a couple feet from skating for the defensemen or the forwards. With the goalies, you lose huge angles. Absolutely. You have to completely, where guys would be playing way out of the crease, now you have to become more conservative. You have to become in the crease. His lateral movement isn't the issue. No. It's, it's just, just starting to learn where guys are going to shoot. And that's just going to come through time, and he knows it. Absolutely. Like he said it. He's like, look, I have to play. I have to earn my spot. And that's fine. I mean, I like that. He's not coming in boasting like, I'm going to be the new goalie here. I'm the king. Da, 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 da. No. Yeah, absolutely. He's not like that. He's very humble, and he seems like, you know, he got those points in the KHL for a reason. Oh, absolutely. He's that good. And, you know, if that doesn't convert right away, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. That's happened before. It's not anything new. It can't all be Kapokako, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing, I, no- the one thing yeah. I noticed about Shestyorkin was the, the second game that he played, which was the one against... Um, Minnesota, I want to say. The third game. Yeah, yep. it was the third game because Huska, who played well in his own right too, the second and the fifth game, which was. Well, I he's also had AHL experience. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think Igor started to get used to it with mm-hmm. the angles and where to position himself, and I've noticed that he seems like he's a very quick learner, and yeah. I think the best option for Shestyorkin is to stick him in Hartford and have him be the yeah. tandem with Huska, and I think. With those two, I think that Hartford team, with a lot of the other guys they added onto the roster, mm-hmm. I think they'll they will do they'll do a yeoman's job in, in pretty much bringing that AHL franchise back. But overall, the Traverse City tournament, when it comes to just the younger guys that were playing outside of the obvious of you know Kako just dominating in his one game that he played and, and Kratsov just really just knowing where to put himself. Um, it was very optimistic to see a lot of these guys, even some of the lesser-known guys like Ryan Domowski and Patrick Newell and Nick Jones and, you know, Matthew Robertson and, you know, just a lot of those guys, you see them. Uh, another guy who I was impressed with was Louis Zerter Gossage, who will be in Hartford this year. So a lot of those guys, they played well, and I feel like those guys would thrive in the AHL level. But that being said, that's enough of us talking. Let us well, know. You know, that's enough of you talking. Yeah, it's enough of me talking. Say something. Yes. For like well, a second, Mister. <laughs> okay. Okay, Kevin. Okay, Kevin. Go <laughs> ahead. Before we intro to Steve, what do you have to say? All I have to say is remember, tamp your expectations. I know it's exciting to have a lot of prospects. This year is a lot more exciting than it has been in years. It's my most exciting season, at least for me. Just remember, these guys are 18, 19, 20, 21. Leah Sanderson is 20. Phil Peel is 20. Capicago is 18. Vitaly Kratsov is 19. And I believe Adam Fox is 22. They're not going to be amazing right off the bat. And if they are, don't expect it to be consistent. It's a young team. And unless they all decide to click at once, 
Just take it in stride. Enjoy it. Watch them grow. And just be happy that the Rangers actually have prospects for once. We're not just buying veterans either at the deadline or in free agency and overpaying for them. But that being said, you know, Steve, Steve, myself, and Russell have gone in depth pretty, you know, a lot for the Traverse City Tournament, um, European prospects, and a few other things. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. All right, so here is the interview. Stat Boy Steven, Russell Hartman, and Kevin Krupe. Enjoy. And as we promised you guys last week, we have a very, very special guest right now. Joining us is the one and only Stat Boy Steven, Steven Vugel. Steven, how are you, man? It is great talking to you again. And I know you have quite the tale for our listeners right now about the weekend you just had. Um, I'm good. I'm, I'm very tired because it was a very uh, exhausting weekend. I just went through, but it was all worth it. Um, as some of you know, so I, uh, I decided to travel to Germany and the Czech Republic to see Nils Lundqvist play twice in the Champions Hockey League. And, I mean, in, in between, I went to a Frolunda game also in the Czech Republic. So in three days, I saw three games and 26 goals in total. Totally worth it. Wow, that sounds awesome. Didn't you tell, didn't you, tell us you drove like 16 total hours? Um, yes. Yeah. I spent 16 hours in the car over the course of three days. Jeez, that must have been a, a fun little trip. But, I mean, at least you get to see goals. At least they didn't get shut out completely. And it was a boring one nothing game for each one. Exactly. exactly. And uh, both Lulia games with Niels Lundqvist went to overtime. So that's even more, more exciting. Uh, that sounds great. Yeah. Steve, start at the top. Work your way down. The floor is yours. Let everyone know about your weekend with Niels Lundqvist and Lulia. All right, all right, here we go. So um, the first game there was in uh, Augsburg, which is just outside Munich, uh, which is about a six-hour drive. And living in Vienna with all the public transportation, I don't own a car anymore. So I went in the morning, went to, uh, to the rental company, picked up my rental car, and then just started driving. Um, got to uh, Augsburg around 3 p.m., 3.30. Uh, game started at 5.00. So I went straight to the arena, and uh, there was uh, a Lulia fan <clears throat> who approached me because I was wearing my Lulia jersey and asked me, uh, of course, in Swedish some questions, but I don't speak Swedish. Uh, so I said, can you repeat that in English, please? And, of course, we had a conversation in English, and he was meeting someone uh, who I'm familiar with because it's the guy who set up the interview that I did for Forever Blue Shirts with Niels Lundqvist six months ago. I said, oh, I'll walk with you, and I'll say hi to the guy. So we walk up to the guy, and he looks at me, and he's like, oh, Steven, I, I, I knew you would be here. So I was already off to a, to a, to a good start there. Um, and um, started talking to some Swedish fans and then went in for the game. And um, the funny thing is, uh, because there were, there were 35 uh, Lulia fans in Augsburg that made the trip from Sweden to Germany, they organized uh, a meet-and-greet with the players after the game. And this guy, the communications manager, uh, tells me this. And he's like, you know, uh, just just make sure you're there, too, because I think you should be there. And uh, I was like, all right. So after the game, I'll just walk up there and, and see if I can meet Niels Lundqvist again. Because, you know, it would only be the fourth time. Um, and uh, so after the game, they won 5-4. Uh, Niels Lundqvist assisted on the overtime winner, which was a pretty good goal. Um, so we waited for the player. And after about 20 minutes, the players walked up to us and 
I waved at Niels, at Niels Lundqvist and he looks at me and he immediately walks up to me and asks me how I'm doing. And so I asked him how his grandparents are doing because I met his grandparents twice uh, at games as well. I asked him how his ankle injury was doing and uh, I, he's like, oh, it was going pretty well and, and thanks for asking. And uh, while we're having this conversation, I um, all of a sudden he, he looks at me and he's like, uh, I, uh, I heard you're going to New York next week. And without thinking, I just answered. They're like, yeah, I'm flying on the 17th. And I'm like, wait a minute, how do you know I'm going to New York? And he's like, oh, well, uh, uh, when I was in New York, uh, Capo told me that you flew to Vancouver to see him, to meet him at the draft. Uh, so we were talking about you. And, and so you're going to New York? I'm like, oh, so you kind of like, you guys talk about me? And he's like, well, yeah, you, <laughs> we, we were just talking and your name came up. And uh, there were some Swedish fans around me, and they were just looking at us like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun to meet him. And um, he signed a puck for one of my friends again and uh, took some pictures. And, uh, of course, as Ross knows, I'm a huge prospect guy because we did the prospect ranking together. Uh, and one of the players I wanted to meet, I was dying to meet him, was Noel Gundler, who was the – projected to be a top 10 pick next year but he wasn't there because he only played a few a few minutes and uh he was doing some some cardio after the game uh so i asked Niels, i said do you know where noel gundler is and he's like no and no, i think he's downstairs and let me let me ask and he, he walks around talks to some people of the team and what comes back to me after like a minute and he's like when all the fans leave just stay here and we'll take you to the locker room and i'll introduce you to him and I was like, okay, that's that's pretty cool. So I got to meet Noel Gundler and got to take a picture with him. And I met so many of the Lulia players over the weekend. And uh, on Sunday, I drove up to Libanesh in the north of the Czech Republic. Again, a 5-4 win in overtime with Lundqvist scoring the 4-4 equalizer in the third period. He, blo- he, he prevented a breakaway, then blocked a shot, then got the puck and skated it out of the zone in the span of 30 seconds. Look, this kid, and I've said it before, this kid is the real deal, and I still think he's a better prospect than Keandre Miller. And I know a lot of people will hate me for saying this, but sue me. I think overall he's better than Keandre Miller. I think Keandre <laughs> Miller's better offensively, but overall, I think Lundqvist is the more, it's like the whole package. He's the more complete player. So, yeah, that was my weekend. I spent 16 hours in the car, uh, saw three games across two countries, and, uh, yeah, it was worth it. See, I'm pretty envious of that because you have, like, real hockey, you know, competitive hockey over the course of different countries that you can you can travel to freely. And the issue, I mean, the best part is it's probably not super expensive. I, you told me you only spent 500 euro for the whole weekend trip and where $500 here, I know the conversion rate's slightly different, but not extremely different. That would probably get you a rental car. Yeah, you can get a <laughs> rental car for $500 for the weekend. And then we're just like, oh, okay, I guess I gotta spend another, you know, at least $90 on tickets if I want to not be all the way in the back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just just the fact that you have this insight and you get to actually see the players, meeting them is a completely different thing. It's just seeing these guys up close, you like to spine the bench. Yeah. That's great. Not for me. I like to stay as up in the middle as, as much as possible. I can, I can see everything, see the sequences and see how they play out. But you like to see how guys react in the, in the, you know, in the box, how they react on the bench, who's the leader. When you said, oh, look, 
Kratosov is the leader. Yeah, exactly. And, and the when I go, like I said, when I go to games, I like to sit either behind the bench or next to the bench, and I just observe the players. I did it when I went to a game in Finland to see Jesperi Kotkaniemi. I did it with some Kratosov games, Lundqvist games. Every time I go to a game, I like to see how they respond when they come back to the bench after a bad shift. I've noticed a trend in in the players that the Rangers seem to target, and that is that the players that I've seen so far that the Rangers draft, all of them are very vocal on the bench. Lundqvist never sits down. You know, you see players come back to the bench, they sit down. Lundqvist never sits down. He always stands. He's always he's always uh, uh, he's always busy with the play on the ice. You know, trying to sort of direct where players are going. Um, and he's only 19, and he plays on a team with veterans. He plays with former NHL players. He plays with two guys, uh, R2 Ilomaki and uh, Johanny Tirvanen, who won gold at the World Championships playing with Kako uh, last May. He's playing with world champions, and he's just, he's just talking to them like they're on the same level. It's, it's really interesting to observe that, that those things that you don't really see when you sit high up or anywhere else in the arena. Uh, but to each his own. I mean, I know that other people would find it boring or they want to have a better view of the whole ice, but sitting close to the bench, I just, I, I love observing players and see who the real leaders on the team are. So you, Steve, like you said with Nils, he never sits down. He always, he's telling these players like he's been there, like he's a veteran guy. Um, you've seen Kravtsov live more than I, I think almost anyone else, and a lot of North American fans got to see Vitaly Kravtsov play live at the Traverse City Tournament this past weekend. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying, wow, like he is playing really well, and wow, like look at this coming out party for him and dominating. I mean, you've seen him for a lot longer than anyone else. I'm sure you're not surprised that Kravtsov immediately coming in and just being this creative force on the ice. Um, least surprising thing of the Traverse City Tournament for me. Um, he, he has done it for two years in the KHL now. To, to the last two seasons. And the, the best thing for me about Kravtsov is his creativity. He always thinks outside the box. There's this gif on Twitter that uh, Alex Nunn posted that Kravtsov actually retweeted um, where I think he played against uh, Ufa, where he skates behind the opponent's goal and there's two, defend two defenders coming towards him and he bounces the puck off the, uh, the frame of the goal, goes around the players on the other side, and then picks up the puck on the other, on the other side. That's just the type of play that you don't really see in the NHL. And younger players, players that are 18, 19 today, they, they, just, they just think outside the box. They do stuff that you don't really expect. And Kravtsov has been doing it in the KHL, so when he does it at Traverse City, it doesn't surprise me at all. When he passes uh, the puck to uh, his line mate Domovsky, I think, even his, even Domovsky didn't see it coming. Even his teammates are caught off guard by, by you know, his vision and the way he passes the puck. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun to, to watch for Ranger fans. And I know everyone's focusing on Kako, but I think Kravtsov will, will be a fan favorite within a year. Well, you see... This, I know, let's just go back to the Traverse City tournament for a second. Like you said, Kratzov's linemates have never really, like you said, been able to adapt to his play style, you know, kind of catch up to him. What did you see in this tournament from the small kind of gathering that we got from the Rangers? How well Kako and Kratzov like, mesh yeah. together? How, how well do they really play together? They're on 
they're like 1A prospects, and, you know, we have other guys that are 1B prospects, but they're so much higher up than everybody else. Yeah. All these other guys are getting lost in the mix because of them. Like, how good do you think that they, like, they can, how good can their chemistry really be? Well, the, the game yesterday, for me at least, it was obvious that Kako and Kravtsov were just having fun, while 90% of the players at the Traverse City tournament are trying to put in a good performance. And it's, I, I know it's not 100% fair that Kako, you know, to compare them to the other players in the tournament because they have played professional hockey in Europe. Um, but they were playing on a line with Henriksen, who did not look out of place playing with those two wingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has experience playing with high-end talent. Uh, for Sweden, Henriksen played with uh, Holtz and uh, Lucas Raymond, both, again, projected to go even top five next year. Uh, but Kako and Krafts of this tournament, they were, just, they were just better than anyone. I don't think there's any player in the Traverse City tournament this year that comes even close to what, what Krafts of and Kako can do. Maybe Tessier on, on the Columbus team, maybe. But I think Kako and Kravtsov, they, they, just, they, just, they just feed off each other. Um, I know they won't play a lot of minutes together because the, the, the projection is that Kako will play with Panarin and Zibanejad. Um, and and Kravtsov will probably start on the third line behind Buchnevich. Uh, but later on in the season, maybe when Kreider is traded, he will move up to, to the left wing behind Panarin. Uh, he played He played half of the games in the KHL on the left wing last season. And actually, his production on the left wing was higher than it was on the right wing with, with uh, Traktor Chelyavinsk. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just very excited to see them. And um, someone on Twitter asked me, aren't you aren't you sad that guys like Kravtsov and Kako are now going to New York so you can no longer see them? And I, as a joke, I said, well, you know, it's like it's like watching your kids graduate from high school and go to college. You know, they, they go all the way across the Atlantic, and I think I have to see them. I'm flying to New York next week to see a few preseason games, and and I'll follow them on TV. Oh, it's going to be a lot of a lot of sleepless nights this season, because as you know, the games only start at 1 a.m. for me. But well, I mean, you can wake up like really early and then just catch the end of it if you really want to. Well, that's what I do for the West Coast games because they start at 4 a.m. So I go to yeah, bed. If you wake up and watch the Rangers, that sounds great. I, I go to bed at 9 p.m., I wake up at 4, watch the game, and then go to work. Oh, that's great. Like, And you're eating your breakfast, having some cereal, watching the Rangers. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a... Well, that's that's not great because most of the games, like you said, are at 1 in the morning, but still. I remember one game I stayed up for against the Toronto Maple Leafs where we were down 5-1. Then we tied it up 5-5, and I was sitting here at, like, 3 a.m. watching the game, and I was like, all right, here we go. It's 5-5. <laughs> And I think we lost at game eight five, so it was it was not worth it. He's it, was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was not worth it. But now with Krako and Kravtsov and Adam Fox and and hopefully Yegor Rikov if he makes the team, it's even if we lose by five goals, it'll still be amazing. If we lose eight three, I can still enjoy it this season. I like that you bring up that point because a lot of people are saying the Rangers this year they might not win a lot, but they're going to be super fun to watch, and you know. Um, he might not make the team right off the bat, but I know a guy you really like is Tomo Reunanon. And you've seen him a lot over the past year. And your opinion over the past year, does this kid have what it takes to make a, to carve out a top four role eventually in the NHL? Eventually, yes. Not this year. I think this year he'll go back to Finland. Uh, he has a European assignment clause for the first year of his contract. 
So if he doesn't make the Rangers team, he has the option to go back to Finland if he doesn't want to play in the AHL. Um, I don't think it's it's good for him to, to play the AHL and, and develop there. I think it's better to just, you know, go back to Finland, be uh, in, in familiar territory. And, and honestly, he's only had one season in Finland where he was a top pair player. So if he could go back for a year, do it again, and then come back with a little bit more experience, then maybe next year when, you know, next year we're only one year away from Stahl and Smith's contracts expiring. So it would be a lot easier to crack the lineup next year. Well, that's the issue because most of – I know a few of us have noticed that as the Rangers' depth at forward is super expansive, the depth at defense is unbelievable. Yeah, you know, we, we were complaining this past year and, like, the years before, defense isn't good, defense isn't good. You know, we need power play quarterbacks. We need, you know, shutdown defensemen. Now it seems like we have that in droves. Mm-hmm. Seeing a lot of guys coming from the European leagues, how would you characterize, like – their transitions into the NHL. I know smaller ice. We did see that a little bit with um, Igor Shazirskin during the tournament. He looked a little out of place. He's coming too far out of the net. He's just not used to that smaller ice yet. I know that's for a goaltender. It's not as comparable, but these guys coming from larger ice, having more room to maneuver, how long do you think it would take them to kind of make an impact at the NHL level where they might actually need to come over and play in the AHL just to get used to the ice? Um, I think for goalies, the transition is actually harder than it is for skaters because for goalies, the angles are completely different from where the shots are taken. Yeah. And for skaters, it's it's just a couple of feet of, of uh, you know, a couple of feet less ice that, they, that you get to skate on. And um, a lot of these skaters have played on smaller rinks. Um, there are teams in the KHL that play on smaller rinks. Uh, some of these players have played at junior tournaments in Canada or the United States. So it's not as if the, the North American ring size is, is completely new to them. Uh, but for goalies, it's, it's mu- it has much more of an impact than it does for skaters. Um, but the Rangers going the direction of drafting European players, I think, I think it's a good thing because the added bonus of drafting European players is that you own their rights for four years instead of two. So you get a little bit more time to see how they develop, um, which if you draft a player like Matthew Robertson from the WHL, you have to make a decision two years after you draft him. Do you sign him or do you let him re-enter the draft? And when you draft a guy from Finland or Sweden or Czech Republic, you, you get two extra years. So I think that's a bonus. And the Rangers going that direction lately, um, I'm actually quite happy with that. So, Steve, we were talking about this in the chat before, and I think this is an important thing to bring up to the listeners. Pronunciations with some of our prospects' names, because they have been mispronounced on shows, on podcasts. Sometimes the names are even written wrong. I mean, like, that, that, that seems like you're writing real fast. you got to get a tweet down. You're going to get the name yeah. wrong. It's autocorrecting. But, All right, so... You know, how do you... I'll, I'll say their first names. You can say their last names, because first names are always easier. I like it. I like it. Vitaly. Uh, uh, that's that's one that always annoys me. When I, get it. <laughs> I knew it. Kravtsov. It's not Kravtsov. Well, it's it's pronounced Kravtsov. And when I hear people say Kravtsov, that that just annoys me. Um, yeah, it's not it's not a hard T. There's no T. Well, the, there is, but the, the problem is people pronounce the S before the T. Oh, oh I see. I okay, see. that makes sense. They right. they go they go Kravtsov. And it, 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 I, okay, what I just said was wrong. Okay. Yeah, it's crap. I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, uh, the next one, okay, so, Igor. Chestjorkin. Chestjorkin. See, it's like, we, we speak in the back of our mouths as, like, Americans. Our English is very vocal in the, in the, in the throat. Yeah. Where European languages are very upfront. So we can't actually pronounce it properly, even if we want to. Because I'm going to say, says Yurkin again, and it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's fine. I mean, I, as long as you try, at least. Because when I, when I, when I hear people, and this was during the uh, McDonough trade, when McDonough was traded to Tampa, uh, people were, were talking about Brett Howden, and they, they kept calling him Brett Holden. And so they were even. They, they want to say what they want to see, and then it's just because you just had Nick Holden and exactly. Uh, Nick Holden. Let's not talk. I about always Nick find Holden. a way to talk about him. <laughs> All right, so this is another big wait, one. Wait, wait. Oh, you got you got him. Yeah, because I think I got the first one. Oh, right? oh, okay, okay. So it's Yegor. 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 Rikov. Rikov. It's not because I've been saying Rykov. It's a recall. It's a recall. Okay. 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 Makes sense. Then what was your like? Like Reebok. You know. Reebok recall. Oh, I like it. See, you know, phonetics, (laughs) mnemonic devices. I feel like a kindergarten teacher here, but that's (laughs) cool. So no, this is good because you know yeah, we're going to be yeah. saying their names often, and I'm going to keep mispronouncing them. So every okay. time I mispronounce it, you well, know, one that I might have butchered before, but I hope that I didn't. Tarmo. Oh, you said the nice way. Oh, Tarmo. Uh, I heard that earlier, and and you were so close. Oh, oh I was, close. I was pretty good. I was close. <laughs> uh, Tarmo Rayunanan. 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 Okay. Okay. So, Rayunanan. None, not Nan. Okay. Okay. Uh, do we have any other prospects? I'm trying to think. I'm, trying to think I, I'm thinking of another one. Um, <laughs> I, I think. Well, you know, it's Capocacco. But yeah, but we know. But we know how to say, say Capocacco. Yeah. I just love the, I love the alliteration of his name. It's so great. It I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. Capocacco. Capo. It's Caco, Caco, not Caco. Like people say, I'm in Canada. I'm like TSN and stuff. Look at this guy, Caco. Yeah, it's Caco. Capocacco. There we Kako, go. Kako. Anything else? I mean, that's pretty. That's I mean, that's pretty good. I think. Um, there's a Swedish defenseman who whose pronunciation will will never be done right in North America. Oh, oh I know he's talking about too. I mess up all the time. Steve, take the full name here, please. The the defenseman who plays for Lexans. Yes. Kalle Schelling. I'm never gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get right now. I'm probably I'm never gonna get there. Right. Right <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. And I think the last one, and it's not twist. It's Nils Lundqvist. Yeah, you pronounce it as like, like, the, the, the like, like, oh, this is great. I mean, this like, is great. I, like the I, gotta, I gotta come back to this episode in a few months. Just like, okay, okay, that's, okay that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's great. Awesome. Oh, awesome. I'm glad we got that lesson. I'm well, sure. I'm not gonna remember that, yeah. it. I mean, now, no, but now we have a Tarmo See, wait, wait, wait. How do you say it, Kevin? Tarmo? Runinen? No, no. Runinen. He, just, <laughs> he just told he, us. I'm not good at it because my mind's going right back to how it's spelled and then how I All pronounce right, it. I'll in try English. it one more time. Tarmo? Reuninen. 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 I got closer than you. Yeah, because I, I didn't say Ray. I said everything else right. Well, uh, Steve, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's always a pleasure. And hopefully we will see you when you're in New York next week. Yeah, man. Get some sleep. Yeah.
it's only 11.30, man. Only 11.30. <laughs> He's fine. He only you needs know, two hours for, for our listeners out there, when I originally asked Steve to come on the show, I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we'll do the show at 9. And he's like, we'll do it when? <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh, that's right. It's like 2 in the morning for you. <laughs> no, even, even more. Even more, yeah, yeah. Nine, 9 would be 3 a.m. for me. 3 a.m. So. Oh, boy, 3 a.m. <laughs> I love the stat. Right. Keep them up, please, because, oh, they're so good. Just putting people in their place... Putting people in, you know, in Vitaly's corner with not every point matters. It's about percentages for the team. How good are you for your team? Absolutely. Exactly. The, 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 the point percentage. That that was a big deal when I was tracking that last season. Not every not every uh, league is the same. You can't score 200 points in one and, league and say and, and, better than another. And also, um, it also it depends on what team you're on because yeah. his team last season uh, was the worst team to ever make the playoffs when it comes to goals per game. They had a, a goal per game average of 1.62. Um, and he still put up... And he still put up almost what? Like almost over 30% of his team's offense went through him, right? It was it was about 26.7%, which is, which is the same, same percentage as uh, guys like Tolvanen and Tarasenko at the same age. Uh, so, Kuznetsov. Uh, pictures that he has yeah i mean comparing all of know, them and then just like actually these guys that you know guys that you know you didn't really know before they were drafted and then it's like look this is what kratzoff can be compared to in the future this brings you to the case that i see people bring up all the time do you take the player who put up 150 points in the whl or do you take the player who put up the 30 or 40 points in the khl you know i mean it's, you know if you're playing with children versus you're playing with men yeah who might have played in the nhl oh and that actually reminds me of one more thing before we go um before i go at least um I see people talk about Cody Glass as one of the top prospects in the world, which I find weird because he still plays junior hockey. While at the same time, Elias Anderson is considered a bust because he's not producing in the NHL. If, if Cody Glass is playing junior hockey for two full years after being drafted, it means he also wasn't good enough to play in the NHL. So what's the difference? And I'm honestly asking people this. Because I don't think people realize that if a guy like Diaz Amazon would still play junior hockey for two more years after being drafted, he would most likely also put up 100 points. Because he put up the second highest point total in uh, Swedish junior hockey for a 17-year-old player. I don't think a lot of people realize this. He also just doesn't play enough minutes. That's another thing. You're not putting him with... Hopefully he gets it. That's the most important thing. You're putting him on the fourth line. You're sending him back and forth between two different leagues where he's playing different roles. How is this guy going to adjust? He's not yeah. a fourth-line player. You didn't draft him as a fourth-line player. No. So exactly. why even consider that? And quality of opposition is a big thing when you compare prospects. When people say Keandre Miller is better than Nils Lundqvist because he puts up more points, I say, yeah, but how many points would Nils Lundqvist put up if he played college this year? Or how, or how many points would Keandre Miller put up if he would play in the Swedish league this year? Uh, it's, it's all it's all a victim of circumstance, which is yeah, it's just so hard when it comes to hockey because it's so many different leagues, yeah. rules, ice rinks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Another important point about Leah Sanderson, now that Steve brings him up, a guy like Sean Couturier didn't really hit his um, ceiling or didn't hit his potential until a few years down the line. And, you know, I think fans giving up on Leas is totally wrong. He's still super young. People don't realize how young Leas and Filipino still are. Yeah. Drafted the same year, they're still really young kids finding their way, and they will find their way. And 
I know, Steve, you were talking to me before about specifically about prospect coverage and about how the Carolina Hurricanes and Chicago Blackhawks did a really good job over the past few years with their video series and with their management team uh, showing the fans what, you know, what their process was like leading up to the draft and the months around the draft. Um, I know you've been very passionate about this, vocal about this on Twitter with people. Why are the Rangers not doing that when they have a pick like Capocaco? The documentary was called Inside the Storm. Uh, they had four episodes. One was the draft lottery where they won a the second overall pick. Then they had uh, scouting where they focused on the combine and the under-18 world juniors. And then the third episode was the draft. And the fourth episode was prospect camp. And they just did. They focused not just on Andrei Svechnikov, but, you know, they go into the war room where they where you hear scouts talk to each other. And even if it's not the Rangers, I, I actually recommend every Ranger fan watch that because it gives you so much more insight into how everything works behind the scenes, how scouts talk to each other. They just sit at a table, at a, at a huge table in an office, and they're all salespeople. They're all trying to sell their product, and their product is a different prospect for each scout. And that's how a team makes puts together their list for the draft. And uh, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks have done it for three years now. This year they released season three, where again they they start at the draft lottery, then they go to the under under eighteen world championships and the combine, and then the draft, and then and they go through all these steps, and it gives you so much insight. And and this year I was really hoping that the Rangers would do something different because for the first time in decades. We're in a position where prospects actually matter. Prospects are the headline of anything related to the Rangers, aside from Panarin and Truba. But everything that you see online, every article about the Rangers, it, it's about Kako, it's about Kravtsov, it's about Shesturkin, it's about Fox. This is the year where, where they could have taken the opportunity to cater to their fans, to give the fans what they want. As, as an organization, you want your fans to inv to be invested in these prospects, to to connect to these prospects. This is your future. Guys like Zuccarello, Stepan, Hayes, uh, uh, Brassard, they're gone now. Your fans need to embrace the prospects. They need to embrace this new team. What better way to do that by giving them content? Unfortunately, that has not happened, and and I'm I'm honestly very disappointed. Because I was really hoping that they would do something similar to other NHL franchises. And I'm pretty sure that there are other franchises who, who did something something similar. But, yeah, and, and in the case of the Carolina Hurricanes uh, documentary last year, they follow Andrei Svechnikov before the draft because they knew he was going to be the second overall pick. Because everyone knew that Darlene was number one. So they invited Svechnikov they, uh, over to come to Carolina, to Raleigh. And they showed him the city. Rod Brindamore uh, uh, drove him around, and they follow him around, and they have like these conversations, like, "Oh, uh, so do you play games?" And and Sveshnikov says, "Yeah, only Fortnite." And and Brindamore goes, "Oh, yeah, yeah, my sons play that too." And it's just it's so much fun because it's something different. And and then Sveshnikov asks, "So, uh, so uh, were you drafted?" And uh, and Brindamore's like, "Yeah, yeah, by St. Louis." And Sveshnikov's like, "Oh, so how high?" And it's like ninth overall. And it's, that's the type of conversation I would love to see between Quinn and Kako, for instance. You know, where maybe they, maybe they, when Kako went back to Finland, or when he was still in Finland after winning the World Championships, just fly to Turku, you know, meet up with him and show us something. 
This is this is what you want to see. And the Road to the Winter Classic series that we've had for the last 10 years is proof that that content works. Yeah, um, they wouldn't keep doing it if it didn't. They exactly. would want it done kind of thing and just be like, oh, it wasn't a hit. Exactly. And, and in this case, for me, the Rangers, in my opinion, had two options here. They could either hype up their prospects and then back it up with the content or not say anything about your prospects at all and don't generate any content. What they did was they hype up their prospects and then give us nothing. That's what's frustrating. It's not, it's not a good segue into anything. It's just, you know, why not make the, you know, have extra coverage during the World Junior Club, um, Tournament or anything like that just to kind of like, here's who we have here, you know. Here's how they, they've interacted with guys that now they've met during the draft and just any, yeah. literally anything that's not just the live stream of the Traverse City tournament. And it's and just, it's not good enough, but, you know. Yeah, and, and, and I'm pretty sure it will make, sure make better content than a rerun of uh, Derek Stepan's beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing is it's just like, these guys aren't on the team anymore. Like, I get that you're, you don't want, you want to be nostalgic for the older fans. It's just, like, when I first started the beginnings, oh, this is pretty cool, but then it was the same thing. But, hey. We've taken enough of Steve's time. We've taken enough of Steve's time. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, Steve, again, thank you so much, man. It's going to be great to, you know, meet you in person hopefully soon next week. Next week? Oh, that's, that's next, next week. week. <laughs> if you really want to meet Stat Boy Steven. Well, I mean, that's if up you to Steve. Rec- oh, no. I mean, Steve, if you'd like to meet more people, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he needs, he needs a New York following, not just the European yeah. following. I will, I, will, I will say something that completely surprised me. When I went to the draft in Vancouver, uh, there was this woman uh, uh, that, that approached me, and she, she's like, uh, sir, can I ask you a question? And I already feel uncomfortable when people call me sir. Because, <laughs> you know. No, sir was my father. I, I'm 34. I'm not 54. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, is your name Steven? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my boyfriend would like a picture with you, but he's too afraid to ask. <laughs> they're like, yeah, of course. We can they kept telling you this yesterday. You're famous. People know who you are. <laughs> ever since, ever since that game when you got shouted out by MSG, yeah. and then I just walked all the time. At the, the Calgary end, game. Step like, boy, Steven. It's just so happy. Everybody knows who you are. I was, I was at the, after that happened. I went to my seat and I was just watching the game. You know, I was just relaxing and I was drinking a beer. And, and all of a sudden, my phone starts buzzing, and it just doesn't stop buzzing for like a full three, four minutes. And like, what the hell's going on? Is my gra- my grandma in the hospital or something? So I grab my phone, and I see, I see like twenty plus notifications on Twitter, uh, uh, fifteen plus uh, DMs on Twitter. And I'm like, what, what, what's happening? And uh, Tom Urts uh, uh, actually posted the, the initial video, and I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe they showed me on the broadcast, and <laughs> and. To top it all off, to have Sam Rosen mention my Twitter handle, that was just, that was gold. The fact that they were like, they, they put it up at the end with your tweet, it's like, and then said your name, it's just validation. Yeah, validation. I, <laughs> I, I think I had 900 new followers in the right same day. Yeah, and, and Leah Anderson tweeted at me, and, and it was it was so cool. <laughs> that's great. No, that's awesome. That really is awesome. Now, you know, um... Steve is one of a kind. He, he really is. is. I'm so excited <laughs> to be a person. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, yeah, and, and then and then of course the situation with Bobrov at the draft, where I, I told you guys this earlier, where 
uh, we were waiting for uh, the staff to come out so we could maybe get an autograph or two. And Bogrov comes out, and he's my hero. As a, as a fan in Europe, the director of European scouting the last few years with Kravtsov and, and Hedl and Lundqvist and, and Anderson, he's my hero, mm-hmm. uh, more, more so than Jeff Gordon. And uh, I wave at him, I'm like, Mr. Bogrov, can I, can I get a picture with you? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he walks up to me, and I start talking, like, you know, I'm a big fan, I live in Europe, and I just want to thank you for all the work you've done the last few years as the director of European scouting. And he looks at me and he goes, yes, Stephen, we know who you are. And I love it, I love it. <laughs> and my friends left and right, and we're just looking at me like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a crazy year, um, but let's hope it doesn't end. It's, uh, I'm, I'm always ready for more. I guarantee you, next week in New York, you're gonna. There's gonna be fans coming up to you to take pictures. I guarantee it. Well, we uh, a group anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> if oh. that happens, but yeah, if 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 any of the people listening to this are going to the game on Wednesday against the Devils, uh, I'll be at that game. I will probably be wearing my green Craftsoft uh, KHL All Star jersey, which is a beautiful jersey, oh by the way. God, they, beautiful I love jersey. It. And. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's one of a kind because uh, the supplier only ships to Russia. So I needed to call in a favor for one of my colleagues who has parents living in Moscow uh, to get the jersey through Moscow, Helsinki, and Dublin all the way to Vienna. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'll probably be wearing that one or otherwise my TPS Kako jersey. So if you see me around, just you know, tap me on the shoulder. We'll have a beer together. There you go. Perfect. So if you are at the New Jersey Devils, New York Rangers preseason game next Wednesday, the 18th, and you see Steve, say hi. Yeah, give him a shout. Yeah. You know, we might be there. You don't have to say hi to us because yeah, you probably I mean, don't know what we look like. And we're, probably, we're definitely not as cool as Steve. No, so like, Steve has a <laughs> world following. And, they're like, you know, I won't be surprised if Steve gets uh, randomly upgraded to a, a box. Whoa, that would be You know, and right? he's just <laughs> sipping some beers with, with Jeff Gordon, Gordon yeah. and JT. <laughs> But anyway, thank you um, for coming. You know, it's always a pleasure. We love talking to you. I mean, we could really talk we can, for I'm hours. I'm sure we go for hours. But, I, yeah. but you know, <laughs> boss man says we need a time limit. So we, we have our time we limit. We have our time limit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do it again soon, then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Steve, have a, great, uh, have a great week. Safe flight to New York. We'll see you next week, buddy. All right, man. Bye. So that was Stat Boy Steven. That was interviewing with myself and Russell Hartman, the host of the show. Um... I had a great time interviewing Statboy Steven. He's always a great guy. He's very informative. Um, I think my favorite thing about him is the fact that he has all of this... I don't... It's it's knowledge. It's also wisdom about the game. Because he knows what to look for. He has that scouting mentality. He looks at the little things besides the points, besides the ice time. He looks at who's a leader on the bench. Who comes in and they have a bad shift. How do they react? That's what I love about it. He always says Vitaly Kratsov looks like he's a leader because what he does is take charge on the bench. And that's great because we don't have that insight as, you know, people that live in America where we only see at the least the AHL or even, like, college. But you're not paying attention to the to the uh, bench. You're paying a lot of money to see these games. You're watching the game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Steve is always a great talk. I mean, Joe, you were there. You were listening in. Like, what were... 
what, were, what was like one of the takeaways from that that you enjoyed? I enjoyed not only the way he spoke about hockey, but the knowledge that he possessed on a lot of things that we don't really seem to cover, as you alluded to. But it, it's like the way he put it, it, it makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, that... He go like you said. He goes to games, and you know, while everyone else is looking, you know, not to say he's not paying attention, but everyone else looks at the game, checks mm-hmm. where the defenseman is, this and that and the fourth. He's watching the players on the bench. He's watching the prospects. Yeah. They, and they, he, sorry to interrupt you, but one of the things that I loved was when he mentioned Nils Lundqvist, how you know he stands up on the bench. He never mm-hmm. sits down, and I find that fascinating because you're watching the game, and like the camera will pan past, like you're watching it on the camera will pan past the the bench and you're seeing some of the guys standing up your assumption is oh they're going for a change you don't know what they're really doing and you know you go to a game you know maybe like a small intermission uh tv timeout you're on your phone really quick you're talking to the guy next to you mm-hmm. you might go grab a beer or something like that you're not you're in the atmosphere of the game but you're not within the game if that makes sense and no, the best thing sense. about steve is he gives a non-statistical approach to the game as ironic as that sounds because he's that boy steven so, coupled with the the crazy stats he likes to do, he's just the all-around package. He's literally, like, a scout. And he's famous within the Rangers organization, which just baffles me. Yeah, he alluded to a couple of meetings with some of the Rangers brass, and it was actually pretty interesting to see how, you know, he chronicled this on his Twitter account, too, how... How they've known about him and how they're. Oh, uh, that's that's great. Oh, we know about. Yeah, you, we, know we know about who you. you are. Yeah, so that's either very creepy or very flattering or both. Uh, maybe it is both. Maybe Nick Bob. Maybe Nick Bobroff. You know, just maybe wants to hire him. <laughs> maybe that'll be. I still love it's it's his. He's like I don't want to get paid for it. Just you know, comp my room and my transportation, and I'll do it for free. Which is great, but. You know, I hope you guys enjoy the interview. You know, uh, more content coming soon. If you're gonna go to the Rangers Devils preseason game next Wednesday, we will be there. Uh, Absolutely. Taking the forever blue shirts. If you do know what most of us look like, I doubt it. <laughs> but you know, we'll be there. We'll be hopefully we'll be tweeting out. Um, and then definitely another podcast next week. We'll see what day it is. Maybe early in the week before preseason starts. Maybe after the first game. Our reactions. But definitely look for our content. Um, you know. Once again, another thing I like to mention, uh, JL should get a lot more praise because oh, no. he does all the editing for the podcast. You know, Unsung Hero, he's up <laughs> until 3 in the morning editing our stupid uh, outtakes. I feel bad because there's so much on you, the As Steve, you should. the Steve interview because <laughs> I like, rapidly fired questions at Steve and then we ran out of content. So we had to stop and think about it. You're but killing me, Smalls. You're killing him. But even... <laughs> Sandlot reference, you know, <laughs> aside, he really is, uh, you know, lifeblood of the podcast, and uh, just lucky to have him. But that being said, look out for our content. We always have something every day, so look for that. Enjoy it. Retweet, follow, tell your friends. It's a great time in Rangers Town. Please give us a give us a follow. Give us a retweet. Check us out. You can follow Kevin at. Space Earthbender. You can follow me at JL Shapiro8. You can follow Steven at Statboy Steven. And you can follow Russell Hartman at Russell Hartman1. Because Russell Hartman was taken. Exactly. <laughs> or so, it's anyways. A secret burner account that yes. he messed up on when he was in middle school. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that back in the day. But, anyways, thank you guys for listening. 
And uh, we will catch you next week, probably after the first preseason game. Let's go, Rangers! going on you have john wanglin one of the hosts of wrestling with reality check out our shows this week on wrestling with reality we have some great shows we have our mma show we look at is khabib namaga madoff versus george st pierre a reality why john jones is such a disgrace to the ufc we also have on wcw monday nitro watch along and we take a look back at triple h in his 25 year career in the wwe so check out wrestling with reality on all major podcast outlets Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group.